All right, well, greetings to all my Old Testament students. That's most of you since Dan Thompson went to Alabama, so a <laughs> few for Rich here. And uh, my Isaiah students. It'll be, it might be a little quieter, but my Greek students. All right, wonderful. And uh, my wife Kathy is here this morning. Kathy, yeah. Some of you were students when I was courting her, pursuing her. My wife Michelle uh, died shortly after the birth of our eighth child. Yes, eighth. And uh, as I was courting Kathy, my dad said she'll never do it. But interestingly, uh, in our week of, uh, you know, marrying a guy with eight kids, right? That, that was the joke. Okay, never mind. All right, so uh, in our day of racial reconciliation, or really our lifestyle of racial reconciliation, as uh, marrying Kathy, uh, she adopted two children from Guatemala uh, as infants, and they are now sixth graders. And so really learning to see the world in a different way as you see a child moving from more ethnically diverse California to Minnesota, quite a change, and uh, to watch them navigate that process. And so we care about those things. We're glad to be here. We're going to jump right in. So I do have 10 kids. Let's say that I... Not that I ever would, but let's say I overspend a little bit on Christmas gifts. And then I experience God's discipline in the form of bills in January, right? Now, I know God has promised to meet my needs, but how do I cope until the promise is fulfilled? Or a little more seriously, maybe more relevantly, maybe you as a student have a strong sense of God's destiny and call in business, in ministry, in compassion for the poor, but on the road to fulfillment, darts come. Discouragement, anxiety, maybe insecurity. Our worship leader this morning alluded to that. The insecurities that can come, like, who am I? <laughs> you know, what am I doing here? When those come, how do you endure? At a certain point in Israel's history, it was like that for them. Uh, we're going to look at Isaiah 26 this morning. If you have a Bible, look at it. Right before Isaiah 26, in Isaiah 24, God, there's worldwide judgment on the enemies of Israel is promised. And then in chapter 25, a famous verse that Paul quotes in 1 Corinthians 15, death is swallowed up. The shroud of death is swallowed up. It's the first hint of resurrection in the whole Bible. So there's a faithful remnant and they face someday judgment on their enemies and then someday resurrection, but they live in a time with judgment and hope, but they're still living in the midst of judgment. In other words, how do we live between promise and fulfillment and that tension between promise and fulfillment? We need right attitudes for endurance. So this morning we're gonna talk about, out of Isaiah, what are the right attitudes for endurance, several attitudes for endurance. The first attitude for endurance is a steadfast mind. Let's read Isaiah chapter 26, verses one to three. On that day, they will sing this song in the land of Judah. A strong city for us, salvation is established as her wall and rampart. Open your doors and enter, nation of righteousness. Faithfulness is your guard. The upheld mindset you will preserve in peace. Peace, because he trusts 
in you. Let's pray. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that as we open your scriptures, that we would come to some intellectual understanding, that we'd grasp some things that we could hold on to. But we pray also that you would identify the points of unbelief, the points where we are tormented, the points where we are held back, that you would break those by your spirit and set us free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I talked to my Old Testament survey class recently about uh, the power of attitudes in the world and on social media and things just took off for about five minutes as we talked about how the, the, the media presses against our identity in Christ. And, and people were honest. On the one hand, people were saying, well, you know, we just have to know who we are in Christ. And that's right, amen, right? And on the other hand, we were like, yeah, but it's really hard to hang on to that. Amen? amen. Yeah, right. So that's the, that's the issue. So uh, in chapter 26, we're in the eschatological city of God. Interestingly, Nation of righteousness is the word goy, which is usually the word for Gentile nation. So strong hint here. And then literally, verse 26, verse 3, the upheld mindset he will preserve in peace. Peace because he trusts in you. Now your, your uh, translation says a steadfast in mind he will preserve in peace, right? But the word there is a passive participle. In other words, even the part that we do, keeping our mind in the right place, there's a hint in the Hebrew that it's something that even that we lean on God to even keep us in that right place of peace. Upheld, samuk, is a passive participle, and it's, we choose it, but it's kind of like holding onto a parachute, right? The parachute saves you. Yes, you hang on, you have a choice, but you hang on to what is really given to you, the parachute of God's peace. And so as your mind grows steadfast in that leaning on God, that is the source of peace. And when we lack that, that's when we struggle. We depend on God keeping these right attitudes. We lean on God by his spirit. We learn later in the Old Testament, we lean on his spirit to give us that right attitude. So in other words, mm, I would be really grateful right now for a glass of water. If someone could come up with that, that would be awesome. I should have asked earlier. I'm under about three medicines right now to stand before you. So, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Kathy is walking pneumonia. Anyway, we, we made it. <laughs> we made it. Mm, I really, I've never been this dry. <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. That is crazy. Thank you. All right. Oh, caught it. All right. So, in other words, in this perfect peace that God brings, the goal is not your spiritual strength. Sometimes we think, well, I'm gonna, if I get really spiritual, man, then I will finally have this Christian life whipped. Yeah. And that's exactly the opposite path that God's taking us on. He's taking us on, thank you so much, a path of dependence, a path of leaning. Thank you, Alan, I beat you to it. Uh, all right. A path of leaning on God. That is the place of spiritual maturity. Now, how is that perfect peace destroyed? Second guessing God's blessing is one way. Will God still bless me 
after my failure this weekend? Will God still bless me? Do I have to be a perfect Christian to be blessed? You know, 2 Corinthians, we have to have one nod to my Greek students. 2 Corinthians 4.1. Since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Did you know that your ministry, although you have to have certain, there's moral qualifications, but your ministry is as much a result of God's mercy as your salvation. Since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. I appreciated the direction of the worship leader. He picked up on, I think, a very common spiritual ailment early in the spiritual life, right where you would, might be at as a college student, is that sense of discouragement, like I've failed, I've blown it, oh no, Lord, what now? He says he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is leaning on God, for he trusts in him. Secondly, destroying our peace, any kind of compulsive pursuit of entertainment. We think of something as dark as pornography, but even something as frivolous as Minecraft will never bring you lasting peace, right? We pursue entertainment uh, when really what we need is the peace of Christ. Entertainment's fine in its place, but don't try to find peace through entertainment. But especially as in my Old Testament class, trusting in other things, trusting in the world system. What if they're right? What if they're right about what matters? What if I'm crazy? No, the call is to radically trust in God's vindication for our kingdom choices. So the steadfast mind brings peace. There's another attitude for endurance. The second attitude for endurance is a craving for God's renown. Read verses five through eight. He will throw down those who dwell on the heights. The inaccessible city he will bring low. He will bring it low to the earth. He will bring it to the dust that his feet will trample him, feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. But the way of the righteous is straight. You make straight the track of the righteous. The path of your judgments, Yahweh, we await hopefully. For your name and renown our souls crave. Your name and renown our souls crave. Verse 5, God casts down pride. Verse 7, he straightens the track of the righteous. But verse 8 is it. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Literally, our souls crave God's glory. If you've read in Exodus, Moses hungers for God's glory. He yearns for God's glory. He wants to know God's glory and give all credit to him. This is why we work with excellence. This is why we study and work diligently this is why we purge sin and immature attitudes from our hearts because we long to see God glorified. You're, you don't get more saved, right? He is saved, you're going to heaven, relax, right? You believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. Why do you work at the spiritual life? Because you, you yearn, Lord God, glorify your name through me. Do something through me that matters. Move in my life. I yearn to see you brought, credit brought to you on the earth. Think about this. Who mocks Mother Teresa? Almost no one. Yet she rebuked presidents. Why? Why does she get away with this? When you seek to bring God's name and his glory into every situation to serve the way that Jesus served, to glorify God, you increase God's glory and name on the earth. When we walk as Jesus walked, we bring him glory. When we point to him and not to us, we bring him glory. Amen. Yeah, this is our, I want to 
make you hungry. I want to give you a goal for your life. You could be a business major. You can be a ministry major. You say, I want to bring God glory. I want to bring his name credit. How often do you see in the news the church is not bringing God credit? Are you hungry to bring God credit and glory and renown on the earth? Does it burn in your soul? Not that we're perfect. Part of how we point to him is by humble confession when we're wrong. To publicly repent. As we did here, I think it was about three years ago, over racial reconciliation. And I watched uh, leaders in the Assemblies of God repent to Church of God in Christ and others. Powerful. Powerful. Symbolic, yes, powerful. Right? As we begin to bring credit to God's name on the earth by doing what is right. Verse 9, my soul desires you in the night. My spirit seeks you in the morning. Just a hunger for God, craving for his glory. Second attitude for endurance, a craving for God's renown. One more attitude for endurance this morning. Read Isaiah 26, 9 through 12. My soul desires you in the night. My spirit seeks you in the morning. For when your judgments are on the earth, those who dwell on earth learn righteousness. Hmm, think about that. Although they are shown compassion, the wicked do not learn righteousness. That is, in an upright land, he'll act wrongfully, and as a result, he'll not see the majesty of Yahweh. Yahweh, your hand is lifted up, and they do not perceive it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire of your anger consume your foes. Yahweh, you established peace for us, for indeed everything we've accomplished, you have done for us. Two things we want to say here. We have a misunderstanding of how God works in the world, and this is one reason why we need to know the Old Testament. We misquote Romans 2.4. We say the kindness of God leads you to repentance. If your heart is right, it does. But what this passage teaches is that Grace and mercy to hardened people increases their hardness. They become confirmed in unrighteousness. And as a result, they cannot see God's majesty. I have some relatives like this. Uh, Radical answers to prayer. Uh, My first wife, Michelle, now deceased, would tell those stories and over and over, well, there's, there's other explanations for that. No way, man. I mean, once or twice, yeah. For 10 years? Right? Constant, uh, miraculous provision for this crazy family that kept getting more and more and more and more and more and more and more kids. You know? <laughs> provision, you know. <laughs> story after story. With no stable salary at that time. Blindness from pride. And so verse 11, Isaiah prays for judgment. But the third attitude for endurance, humble reverence, is expressed in verse 12. Lord, you established peace for us. For indeed, everything we've accomplished, you have done for us. Okay, theology majors. There you go. In one sentence, God's sovereignty and human responsibility. All we've accomplished, you have done for us. 
right? Everything we've accomplished, you have done. That is the testimony of a heart filled with grace. All that happens through us, you know, sometimes people will sing and they have like this really great voice. Hopefully this doesn't happen in our center, but they, they, they just do a beautiful job and then they say, well, that wasn't me, that was the Lord. Anyone ever said that here? Don't admit it if you have, you know. No, no, it was their voice, right? We know God gave them the voice, right? There's no reason for false humility or pride. Listen, you don't have to hold back Take the gifts you've been given. Go full bore. We know you didn't make them up yourself. We know it came from God. Relax, right? Just do what you're called to do. Get out there and do it, right? Amen? Yeah, yeah amen. We, yeah. yeah. If you're smart, use your brains. If you're strong, use your strength. You know what I mean? We, we know it's not from you. It's all from God. Everything is from God. And the humble person is released in that. Hey, any bit of righteousness that's really working in your life, we know God did it. It's not me. Right? I know me. <laughs> I know where I started, all right? It's all the working of his grace. All that we've accomplished, he has done for us. But here it is. So we've got the hardened and we've got the humble. We've got two different, two different people looking at the same situation and seeing different things based on their spiritual attitude. The humble see God at work. They recognize his working which stimulates our hope and enables long-term endurance. When you recognize what God has done, you're able to continue. So God has prepared works in advance for you to do, and then you get resurrection and eternal life. Endure. You will persevere in peace the undeviating, pardon me, you will preserve in peace the upheld mindset because he trusts in you Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Everything we've accomplished, you have done for us. So this morning, a very simple call. If you're struggling in mindset, discouraged, anxious, or insecure, you can stand, you can know, surrender that to Jesus. He has fruit destined, primed, planned, ready for you to bear, enter into the peace of his sovereign purpose. Stand with me, let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we thank you that every one of us, you have an entering into a peace Pause. I'm sorry. Keep standing. I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to talk a second. Okay. I I just have to say this. This verse 3. He wants to bring you into a mind. I know. I I read this stuff. Okay. This is the most anxious generation in America history. Okay. I know this. So let's not pretend. Okay. That's not a sin but it is an infirmity, okay? You're not in sin if you're anxious, but it's a a weakness. Jesus' cure, Jesus' cure is a process of entering into a peace that is supernatural. It surpasses human understanding. 
It does come through a reflection and meditation on the scripture. It does come through a leaning on the Holy Spirit. And he, I believe he wants to do the beginning work of breaking a pattern of anxiety and enabling you to begin to walk out. It'll be a process, but walk out a process of coming into the peace of Christ this morning. All right? So that's relevant for you. I'm going to invite you just to, to pray about that, to receive that. I just trust that. I feel like this is a real key for some of you. There's, there's destiny, there's call, but there's, a, there's an anxiety that needs to be broken in your lives, all right? So let's just pray together over that. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray. We come in, we ask in Jesus' name for the perfect peace. All these different anxieties, all these different thoughts, Lord, in Jesus' name, we surrender. And even where there may be actual uh, biochemistry, chemical imbalance, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, the healing power of the cross in Jesus' name. We ask that you would work, oh God, and you'd enable us to enter into the peace of Christ that we would lean, we would lean on you. We would learn to love you, Lord. We'd draw near to you, oh God. Receive your peace, oh God. We receive your peace. Yeah. Hallelujah, Lord. So I'm just gonna open up. You wanna just pray and seek God, pray and seek God. You wanna get prayer about uh, anything at all, but including anxiety, just come forward. We're gonna pray with a bunch of staff here, and we're just gonna take a little time and pray, and then uh, we will move forward from there, unless there's something else I'm supposed to do, okay? So amen. All right, so yeah. Uh, so just, yeah, amen. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you want prayer, come on up. If you've got to do something else, do that, okay? God bless you. Yeah. Amen. All right.